Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Clint Bartlett, a good friend of mine from Omaha, Nebraska, is here today with me. And this episode is actually going to be, you know, kind of a little different than most episodes. I was on the phone talking to Clint just the other day. Clint, have you been on the podcast, by the way? Welcome. I've never, I don't think, but thank you. You are new. Welcome, welcome, man. Uh, Episode 320 something, I believe. Oh, dang. Got got quite a few of them. But anyway, I was talking to Clint the other day. Clint and myself are very similar. He's a little bit more handsome than me, but we both buy houses and fix them up and sell them and rent them out and use the Burr method. And, you know, we're, we're constantly marketing to motivated sellers and using other people's money. And we're, we're doing a lot of the same things. And he called me the other day and he said, dude, what's going on with the market, the economy, how's your business? And we chatted for a few minutes and I'm like, dude, this is such valuable content and information. We got to make a podcast about it. So I literally was like, Clint, I can't tell you anymore. Let's redo this on a show and give some value to the audience. Right? So there's a couple things that I wanted to, you know, kind of mention, like we had mentioned interest rates, right? We had mentioned cash flow. We had yeah. mentioned, you know, state of the economy and a couple other things, right? Um, so Clint, without further ado, welcome. You know, maybe just give us two minutes about who Clint is and let's just jump in and have a conversation, you know, on unorthodox type of an episode here today, but we're going to have some fun. David, thank you for having me on. I'm just another bro. Um, I'm an investor just like you. I think you already gave me a great intro, a very similar uh, model to you um, here in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I've been investing for uh, really about five years, seriously, uh, after I quit my corporate job. I have a big family, blended family, seven kids. My wife's in real estate. She's all in. We, you know, buy and flip houses together. She's um, our disposition person with listing. Um, So everything, all things real estate. Um, But yeah, we we love the Burr game. We do a lot of refinance, buy and hold. We're pushing about 200 doors in our portfolio. Um, We buy anywhere from 60 to 70 houses a year. And uh, keep the best, sell the rest, same model that you're running. So if we nice. come across a property that is a, a, a great deal for a buy and hold, we'll just refinance it, peel it off and and uh, go ahead and hold it. And that's really the main objective for the entire business. We do a ton of marketing, uh, cold calling, texting, do a ton of uh, internet marketing right now, which I'm a huge fan of Any, anything PPC or paper leads. So mm-hmm. kind of paying third party companies, buying leads off them. Uh, has been kind of our mainstay for the last year and a half, uh, but really tried it all radio, just like you, a little bit of TV, a little bit of this, that, and the other. Uh, but the market's changing, right? We're in the first year where, uh, at least for me in my career, it feels more like the very beginning, kind of 2014, 2015, 2016, when I was getting started, where it's more of a neutral market. There's not this crazy buying frenzy. And now we're compressed by this uh, these interest rates, which m- makes it kind of challenging for investors as well. Absolutely. So let's just jump in. So thank you for the intro. You are yeah. a rock star. I'm so happy to have you on my show. Um, let's let's circle back now to just the conversation that me and you were having the other day. So you called up and and you were like, "Hey man, what's good? How you been?" You know, and um, and then you know what's going on with your business. And I, you know, one of the things I said is, "Man, the interest rates are going up. 
obviously we're recording this, you know, mid-April here, 2023. Uh, we just did a refi last week where it was six and a half percent, but we did one about two months ago where it was eight and a half percent. Holy yep. cow. So these interest rates are squeezing us investors, right? We can't necessarily charge, the, you know, a whole lot more in rent than the market rate, you know, maybe a little, of course, if it's new and rehabbed and whatnot. Um, but the margins are getting cut down uh, quite a bit. You know, what usually would cash flow 250 to 300 at a 4% interest rate, now that we're in a six or seven or even an 8% rate, you know, may not cash flow at all or maybe cash flow 50 or 100 bucks. Are you seeing the same thing in Omaha? I'm obviously an STL. Exactly the same thing. And uh, we're feeling that pain. You know, my last refi was north of 8%. And when I really looked at the numbers, my mortgage payment alone was pretty close to my what my rent my gross rents were going to be so i mean not including taxes insurance expenses property management so now i'm taking on rentals that i'm saying okay this is going to negative cash flow me for how much and for how long so luckily at the refi we're still getting a good chunk of cash back and typically even a little bit of surplus if we're buying them right so now i'm now i have a decision kind of an opportunity cost decision of Okay, it's going to negative cash flow for two to three years because of interest rates and because you know we're you know at the very beginning starting cycle of our mortgage. But you know, I did just pull out an extra twenty grand on that you know, deal. So, yeah, so if you pull out an extra twenty grand on a house and it negative cash flows three to five grand a year for two or three years, you know, you took your money now and you're going to lose it. You're going to just three pay years, it back so. over those years, but hopefully you're going to have appreciation on that property. You, you'll have appreciation. Pay it down. You'll you know, hopefully refinance, right? We'll we'll get into a better interest rate market at some point, but we don't we can't bank on that. You don't want to bank on, oh, it'll be better a year and a half from now. It's like it may not be. It may not so, be. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. But with hyperinflation that we're facing, maybe not hyper, but inflation that's, you know, in our lifetime, probably not been, you know, maybe in our lifetime, you know, when we were little kids, right? But as adults, we've never seen inflation over 3%. Yeah. And we're at like yeah. seven, eight, nine percent inflation. So, you know, one of the things though that that you know it sucks with the interest rates going up because the cash flow is getting scrunched or you know getting getting minimized. But the value of all these assets we're holding is rapidly appreciating. So even a short-term yeah. negative cash flow isn't a big deal, especially yours isn't negative until you've spent the 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 twenty. You get yeah. the twenty now, and let's say you lose three grand a year. I mean, you you're not losing money on that deal until you've spent the 20 over the you know next five exactly. six years whatever it may be and and i don't i mean i'm not going to say that that 20 gets put into some sort of reserve account it still gets spent but it's getting spent on more real estate to do the exact same oh absolutely thing. that's how mine is too. so the it's still, just coming it's in it's, it's a big pool but, of water but that you is some more water about, you ain't getting that water back exactly <laughs> you, you talked about inflation it's how you beat inflation it's that how is you how you beat it, it is is by you outpace it by buying more property yeah. and you 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 take it on with appreciation debt pay down and all the advantages of holding real estate so prior to covid or prior to like you know really more so like the last 12 months with rates started kind of rising through the roof and whatnot what was your average cash flow on a on a property just get from the hip uh uh honestly with the refi we were we were refining out at 85 percent loan to value before they started to take us down so mm -hmm. it still wasn't much um a couple hundred bucks a couple we hundred. would yeah. 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 150 to a couple hundred. I mean, because like I said, we're fully levered on these deals. We pull all of our cash out. So, um, you know, we're leveraging as much as we can, which kind of decreases your, your cash flow. But again, we're you're walking with money position. sometimes. 
I mean, you have to huh? be right. You're, there's no way you're all into these deals at 85% with purchase rehab, oh. hard money costs, right? You're probably we're, into these we're, sometimes we're for walking, 70%. Well, yeah, we're walking away with more money than what we, in terms of actually net gain, we're walking away with right. more money than what we would make when we flip because that's we're not awesome. paying taxes on in that the beginning. You, yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. Man, so we're, awesome. we're walking away with more cash. So a lot of them, it's like, you know, I, I run the side-by-side -side analysis between flipping it and holding it. It's like, well, I'll, I'll walk away with the same amount of money, if not more at the refinance. And I won't pay taxes on that money. And I'll still own the property a year or two or 10 or 20 from now. So it, it's been a no brainer. Now it, it does change things now with the interest rates because that negative cash flow starts to impact your portfolio. Banks want to see, st still want to see the debt coverage ratio, the DCSR. Um, they need to see better cash flows. So at some point, the banks are going to crimp down if you're trying to refi and pull a bunch of cash out and you're going to negative cash flow 500 bucks a month per property. Or that, you know, that's not going to fly for them. Yeah, so. you're not going to be able to do too many of those unless you have a bunch of other assets already that are positively cash flowing or you have cash reserves. Yeah, obviously you have 200 doors. You've been doing the business for, you know, eight to 10 years. You know what you're doing. Um, so, you know, but definitely things to keep in mind for the listeners here, you know, like it may not be a great time to, you know, uh, to go do negative cash flows if you don't, if you can't cover it. Yeah. Right. So just things well, to keep in mind. Yeah. And the interest rates affect me on all ends. It's not just, you know, on the refinance part. So I, I'm fortunate enough to work with a couple of local banks that have been very aggressive and working with me and helping me acquire property. So whereas most people work with private or hard money on the acquisition side, I'm able to use a, a bank line of credit, but it's the prime plus one. So whereas, and prime you know, seven at, and a half right now. Yeah. So I'm at almost 9% interest on my interest only holding costs. And we have at any given time, we typically have anywhere from one and a half to two and a half million dollars of real estate that's sitting in our pool of either about to be sold or being rehabbed or being refinanced out. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, if you, that, that's an extra 10 grand a month that I pay to hold that real estate. So it's got my wheels. I, I react a little bit differently now than what I could back then, because now paying 9% versus paying four, four and a half percent. Yeah. Four it, and a half, right? it hurts a lot more to hold onto a property and not disposition it quicker. So we're wholetailing a lot more. So what has um, this done though? I mean, it seems to me like it's allowed us to not necessarily pivot, but optimize or what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, like, um, um, well, no, it, it's definitely an optimization time. So this has forced us to look at a lot of our bottom line costs. Cause you and I were talking about this on the phone is like, well, where have I allowed my company to get a little inflated over the last couple of years? Because we are in a heyday market. You know, everything's been so great and it's everything selling for 20K over list and we're making all this extra money. So I was canceling subscriptions that like we just weren't using, um, you know, like launch control went from like used to be a hundred bucks a month to like 750 or something like that. Like there's some stuff that we just weren't leveraging to, to really justify. The biggest move that we made was um, we weren't getting the highest ROI on two virtual assistants that we've had with us for five plus years. So we had to make a, make a tough call to. I um, mean, you know, these people are like family to us too. So it's kind of devastating to make the call, but just protecting our bottom line. Um, and again, you have to have innovate. That That's that. the word I was looking for. Innovate. We have to kind okay. of innovate a I little like bit it. because optimize, innovate, similar, right? But, you know, as our margins start getting shrunken down and deals are a little bit more hard to come by, you know, there's still plenty of deals out there, folks. Don't get me wrong, right? But, you know, pre-COVID, I could fall into a deal. 
during COVID, it slowed down a ton because nobody wanted to see or touch or talk to anybody. Everybody's in a panic. You know, post COVID, we had this crazy run up of real estate values. And then we had a little bit of a drop and it's leveled off since then, in my opinion, right? Same with the interest rates. They went way up. They've actually come down a little bit over the last, you know, six yeah. or eight weeks, which is great. I mean, we did one about seven, eight weeks ago. It was eight and a half percent on a refi. We did one last week on not even a week ago. It was like four or five days ago. And it was six and a half percent, two full percentage points less. Now, different, different banks, bank. different lenders, okay. different products. Yeah. All together, different products all together. Yeah. But still, that's a big difference between eight and a half and six and a half, right? Like, uh, wow. Huge. You dropped 25%. Yeah, that's a but, huge but reduction. Clint, so. On your topic, I took it. I always get, you know, sometimes I get sidetracked. I apologize. On hey, your man, topic. Let's go though, where you go. We got to innovate and we got to get, we got to understand where we're making our money and where we are spending our money. And I did the exact same thing. I looked at the expenses because the income, I mean, we're all working on that all day, every day. How do we buy some more properties to wholesale, fix and flip, or add to the rental property with the Burr method? Me and you do the exact same thing, yep. right? And, you know, more marketing obviously is going to give you more opportunity, but certain times, you know, in certain economies and certain times, you know, you might have more leads per deal or more appointments you have to run per deal. So what we also did simultaneously, and it sounds like you did the same, is look at the expenses. And we're like, hey, yep. you know, we got six softwares to do certain things. We're only using three or four of them. You know, is it really mandatory? Is it necessary? Absolutely necessary to keep these things. And we cut a couple things. Same with people. You know, we going in yeah. or coming out of COVID, I think I had five or six VAs and I'm down to three at this point. So we got rid of two or three of them. Um, just because, and again, it sucks, you know, having to get rid of people and let people go. It wasn't personal. It's business. It's just like, Hey, you know, we're not seeing the positive return on investment out of these efforts. So it's not personal, not, you know, coming at you and saying you're bad at your work. It's just this particular thing that we were doing isn't working right now. We're gonna have to circle back at a later time. So maybe we could find something else for you to do. Otherwise we're going to have to let you go. And that's just part of the game. It's part of being an entrepreneur. It's part of being a business owner. So yep. what else are you seeing, Clint? Again, this is just me and you chatting. Here. What I, else hey, are you yeah. seeing? What else I mean, are you and seeing, I, man? I just want to add to the point. I mean, there are so many ways you can go cut costs in your business. And people, we love to we love to focus on top line growth. Every that is the big sexy number, sales, look at all this revenue. But like honestly, if your bottom line, if your if money is flying out the window because you're just inefficient, uh, it doesn't make any difference. Making so, like, a million you, bucks a month is cool until you spend 1.1 a month. Yeah. Right? Like, exactly. what's the point? <laughs> so I, uh, one area that I think is pretty interesting, if you're a rehabber, um, you know, we went, we sat with Sherwin Williams with our rep, uh, our, our paint, cause we buy a lot of paint by 60 grand a year in paint. And we just like, uh, you know, we had PPG, another paint company approach us uh, a couple of weeks ago. So we just kind of threw it out there to Sherwin Williams, like, Hey, PPG is knocking on our door. What can you do? Uh, our, our flips are costing too much. Interest rates are higher. So our main paint that we buy, I think they went from like, 37 bucks a gallon to 21. That's huge. And, That's and I, sat I, was, I sat in the meeting. I was with my project manager and I was like, I go, why are we doing this now? Like I was almost mad. Yeah. I was grateful, but, but like, you don't know until you know, really like you had that on the table. So, and then, I, and now we're looking at every skew that we buy, the stupid stuff that we buy, you know, you go on Lowe's, you can buy a black composite sink, single bowl sink for, they're like three fifty now, but they used to be 250 a year and a half ago, you know, inflate all the crazy inflation. 199 even. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, is there a better way? Amazon. 
about the same sink, you can buy it for two fifty. So it's like, yeah. okay. Have you tried to buy sinks? blinds lately? Blinds used to be four bucks. They're twenty five dollars yeah. now. You, yeah. So we're being very selective about ceiling where fans we buy used our... to be fifty bucks. They're ninety. Yeah. Everything. I mean, everything it's all doubled, is going so, up. But if you're, I mean, you can still offset some of the inflation by buying it in the right place. So like. Now we go to Amazon, like you buy hardware from Lowe's, for example, you spend five bucks for a knob, four to $6 for a knob that goes on a cabinet, or you can go on Amazon and get a nicer product, if not, you know, a little more stylish for two bucks a knob. So like, we're, we're just figuring out places where, you know, if we plan better on our projects on the rehab, where we can go shave off 15 to 25%. So that's what I put in my project manager who runs all of our flips and rental rehabs of like, Hey, it's there if we go get it. We just have to be very intentional. It's not just show up at Lowe's and buy a bunch of crap off the shelf. And that's what we bring. No, we're not going to Yeah, you got to prepare a little bit more. And so that's, yep. that's, a, that's a good thing, though, because that we're talking about this, because it used to be that way, where it's just like, here's mm -hmm. a credit card. Maybe, you, know, you go, your project manager goes, maybe even your trusted GC goes and they just do it, right? Now it's like, hey, guys, let's shop around. Let's negotiate with the suppliers like you just did with Sherman. Yep. We did the same thing. I need to get them down yeah. to 20 gallon, 20 bucks a gallon too, man. I think I'm probably closer to 30. So definitely something I'm learning here, you know, but um, but yeah, just being more efficient and shopping around. Um, I, I love Menards because of the 11% rebate. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this works or not, but I had a friend tell me this the other day. And he may have been blowing smoke, but he said that he'll go into, into Menards and buy like five grand worth of gift cards and then get 11% rebate on the gift card purchase. And then he'll then use the gift cards to buy materials and then get 11% rebate on the materials. And I'm like, holy cow, He's that's game in the system. I guess so. I don't know if Does it works work? or not. And he could have been blowing smoke, but I'm just thinking, holy I'm cow, have that's, to test that. That might, that might be something I'm interested in doing. Like, holy cow, <laughs> like. That's huge, you know. Like, That's a big wow. discount, yeah. Yeah. So again, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Don't quote me on there. Hopefully, I don't get a, a letter in the mail from Menards Corporate suing me for for disclosing that here on the on the podcast. I've never <laughs> done that, okay. but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give hey, it man, a try. If they I'm allow it, that's on them. If they, yeah, I'm not trying to break any them. rules, but if they'll let you do yeah. it, why why not? You know. So, but interesting, another pivot, interesting. Another pivot as we talk about looking at the current market. Um, you know, we've converted a a few single family homes that were just traditional rentals and very suburbia omaha not close to cool parts of town um, we've converted them into short term into airbnbs and we've seen higher cash flows from them so yeah it takes a little bit more upfront to furnish a home let's talk about these for a second furnish a house for have? about an extra 12 grand so yeah 10 got, 12 15 thousand to, to yep. furnish them right yep. are you managing we, these in-house do you have somebody or is there a third party because that, that's uh, the biggest it, expense kinda, with these it is. It's kind of a hybrid. Um, so my my sister-in-law manages a couple of them locally here in town that we have. Cool. Um, and then my we do have one in Scottsdale, Arizona that my wife and I actually manage and we charge we charge our company that owns it 15% for there the you management. So you're the manager. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we kind of pay ourselves in a roundabout way because it's a hassle like managing. How many do you have? How many short-term details? Uh, that's a tough number. Um, Five-ish. Yeah, five-ish, cool. And with, then, one, with, yeah. with one in the works right now and another suburbia part of town because I could, I figured out that I could go from about, um, you know, 1,800 to a net of 3,000 a month on the same house while So the break-even is so, a little bit longer because you have to offset the 12 grand roughly. The cost of the in, furniture. And the couches and the yep. beds and the TVs and the forks and the knives and the spatulas and all that yep. stuff you have to buy. But if you're not in this game for a month or two and you're here for the long haul, like I can confidently say Clint's going to be doing this in 10 years. I would hope yeah. I know I will be 
So it's like, hey, we're okay, you know, breaking even for a year because that year two and three and four is triple the cash flow. So I just sold, I'd say just about a year ago, I sold the only Airbnb that I had that was short-term, but I have two midterm rentals right now. Okay. And I'm looking to buy more of them. And the reason we pivoted to midterms, uh, Clint, is because St. Louis City sucks um, and they will, they're not Airbnb friendly. And if you yeah. have an Airbnb in St. Louis City that you market, here's the way that they do it. If you market it for less than 30-day rental terms, they change your property tax billing from residential property to commercial. So essentially we had a property that the taxes were 2,300 annually. They went to nine grand. Oh, mercy. Yeah. So we're like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. So we kind of, we sold that one. We started kind of looking at the market right now. We got two midterm rentals. So they're still posted on Airbnb. And we also use Furnish Finder. Furnish Finder. Yeah. Great site to find traveling nurses and corporate folks. Um, and we just don't market them less than 30 days. And we're typically yeah. getting two and three month leases where these properties may typically lease for their small two bed bat, two bed, one bath, yeah. two bed, two baths. And they're in normal parts of town. Like you mentioned, they're not near the arch here or yeah. the zoo or, you know, a big attraction, like a stadium. Like they're just out in the middle of a random neighborhood. Um, but instead of getting 12 to 1500 bucks a month in rent, we're getting 2,500 or 3000, like you said. Yeah. Now we have that $12,000 upfront cost to furnish these things. But since we only have two, we're self-managing those right now. At some point, we're going to need to, you know, scale yeah. that up and, and 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 change it. But I like the midterms. But, I really do. Well, and that's how that's how you beat the interest rates, and that's the pivot that I think you know it. You can you can die if you want to be the dinosaur and say no. This is how I do my business. Then you will be squashed by interest rates, and the market will crush you. But that, that is the pivot. Innovate. Um, those are the types of, and that's not the only option, right? I mean, maybe it's a season like I, I've even the last like two months. We've just been wholetailing a lot because, like I said, though my holding costs are a lot much higher. So it's like I try to buy it, I clean it out the next day. We get pictures, and we're listed within forty-eight hours of buying the house, and we're you know we're market we're putting the house out there at a discount, but still trying to make our nugget. And, uh, you know, so I only hold it for 45 days, hopefully it's kind of like my ideal, you know, or sooner if it's, if I get a cash buyer. Um, but we're just, we're doing that a lot right now because I'm, I'm going to get eaten alive if I don't change, you know, I can't just sit on six or eight flips at a time for anywhere from eight weeks to, you know, four months or whatever. Yeah. It the is holding about, costs you know, are double intensity. I mean, four yep. and a half to nine is double. So they're double yep. the price. And, you know, that's exactly we, we just we just finished a burr up just the one that we just refinanced at six and a half, like four days ago that I was talking about earlier. Uh, we owned it for 11 months. And it was just one of these projects where it was, it was kind of far away and our contractors weren't happy about it. Yep. We ended up paying seventeen thousand dollars in hard money interest on this house. <clears throat> we got it done and it and we actually got money back at closing because we bought it such a good deal, yeah. such a discount. But I was just talking to my partner. I'm like, man, next time we can't, we cannot go beyond That's 17 grand that, you know, yeah. That we could have had to just go do a yeah. different vacation or put into the next project or do whatever. And again, none of us, neither one of us were really mad or upset. We had other things going on. We're busy, but it's just like, man, we got to start doing, you know, one of the things we've done to innovate and pivot is we're still trying to buy a ton of deals, like you said, but you know, it's like, you know what, I'd rather have three or four going that I can do in three or four months time than 10 that take me six or eight months because yep. of these holding costs. So I guess you could say in theory, we slowed down, but we could also say in theory that we've sped up. We're doing yeah. the same thing. We're slowing down on trying to buy so many, but we're trying to speed up on getting them online, ready for sale, ready for rent, ready for the appraiser from the bank refi to come take a look. 
yeah. uh, because these the, the the interest rates are are, are just kind of going bonkers. Yeah. What are you seeing with values, Clint, in your neighborhoods? Well, um, you know, we're still holding pretty strong. You know, I don't I don't think we're still most of the stuff that I'm wholetailing. You know, very average condition homes, some in subpar, but I'm still listing them at a per, you know at a price that's still kind of median or sub-median of the of the neighborhood. We're still getting multiple offers. We're still typically selling in the first weekend of it being on the market. So call it, you know, two to four days being on the market. We're getting something under contract. So that's amazing. I, I, I think that that's good. Inspections are coming back, you know, for the last couple of years, I feel like everybody was waiving inspections. So now even on the wholetails, we're still coming back and doing some inspection repairs. Um, but the point that I want to make, because uh, we were just on this topic, one thing that we've another pivot mitigation tactic for interest rates because our holding costs are higher, whether it be hard money or bank money, they're all higher. Um, is buy stay at that low price point. I mean, if you're flipping a three hundred thousand dollar cost or three hundred thousand dollar house purchase price versus a hundred thousand dollar house, um, your three x on that interest cost is, is substantial. Thousands of dollars a month. Thousands. So you talked about you talked about seventeen five of holding costs in that property. What was the purchase price in that property for you? Uh, that one. Let's call it a hundred, and then there was about a sixty k rehab, but it appraised for two fifty. So it was like yeah. not a problem. But, but yeah, I mean, was, was we borrowed time. the money for the purchase and the rehab. So we borrowed a hundred plus the yeah. sixty, but we had to pay yeah. back one hundred seventy six. Yeah. But we still walked with money because we bought it yeah. so low. We we probably could have paid 150 for that deal and made money on it, but we yeah. got it 100. So again, it was one of those where we kept kind of kicking that can down the road because we're like, ah, we got such a good deal. Like, let's allocate our resources to this project or our money to this one and this one. But yeah. that was the longest. That was the longest burr I think we've done outside of an apartment building with multiple units being rehabbed. Yeah, you know that was the longest. It was 11 month burr project. Usually That's we painful. can do them. You know, four to six months. What's your average burr? Since that, since we're on the topic, in uh, terms well, of we time try not, frame, we we don't do heavy burrs. So uh, carpet, paint, lights, some fixtures. Uh, typically, four to five weeks. You know, we're so you're quick. Back. How quick? Yeah, do you have back. seasoning yeah. with your bankers? Nope, no seasoning, and the repairs don't have to be done. So in some cases, as long as I'm not um, flailing on what I want to actually how I want to disposition the property. I can buy the house, you know, that day and I just send it to my other bank that I want to refi with and say, Hey, um, we're ready to roll. And now, do you give think me that you could take appraisal. that to any bank and do that? Or is that because you have an established relationship? It's, it's very relationship based. Yeah. Agreed. Um, that and that's why I asked. Cause that's we so supply important. them a, we supply them a scope of work. And in the beginning, they would actually come back to the property to make sure we did the work that we said we were going to do. Cause they were Same. refinancing us before the work was even done. Yep. Just anticipating. So you know, after walking through a couple dozen houses, they, they know that we're not trying to pull anything over them. We're going to do the work. We're going to re do the refi. But my whole point about buying at that lower price point is that, um, you know, your heavier interest costs, first of all, that's where the buyer pool is. The buyer pool is always going to be at the sub median price point. So for, for us, we're 275 to 300,000 is our medium retail price right now. I'm buying stuff at a hundred to 150 and dispositioning between, um, 200 and 250. So like we're, we're still staying well below that medium price point, but our carrying costs are just so even with higher interest rates, a uh, hundred grand doesn't, it's not that painful, right? Cause you're, you know, at 9%, you're still paying sub a thousand bucks a month. But if you try to flip these houses that are higher price point luxury, and you're paying the hard money on, you know, $350,000 plus house. Now you're paying several grand a month for that one house. You got a lot of 
risk in that one deal. That's the word and I typically, was looking for, risk. Yeah, and, and typically you have like, I don't know for you, but just because I buy a $500,000 house doesn't still mean I'm going to make my 20% profit on that purchase sure. price. So sure. a lot of times I make 20 grand on a 500,000 and I make 20 grand on a hundred thousand. Or, yeah, um, or more even. Like, well, I would, so right. I, yeah, I just fo really focus on that. And I'm not talking about houses that are like burned down or condemned. They're still good livable properties. It's just like focus on that price point that is sub-median because you're going to, whether you're hard money, bank money, however you're financing that thing, you're going to, it's going to, the ease of that will be a lot less painful and dispositioning is always easier. You and I both know dispositioning those properties at that sub-median price point is just quicker it's easier. just easier. You have cash more buyers. buyers. I mean, just think flows. about it. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a bunch of people that, you know, are looking for a starter home in the 250, you know, or lower range, you know, you're going to have a huge pool of buyers for that. Whereas if you got a yeah. 500,000 or 700,000 or even a million dollar property, like the amount of buyers, A, they're going to be a lot less of them. The pool's smaller, but B, they're going to be more picky because they're spending more money. Uh, the pickiness. I the can't pickiness stand. of yeah. these higher end homes is, is, I mean, it's like, I don't even really want to mess with them unless I'm building them from the ground up. Dude, all they do is walk, those flips on the nicer, higher price point, they just walk through and look for the stuff you didn't do. That's all that that's those buyers are like, well, you know, we know you updated all this other stuff, but the driveway has cracks in it. And then it's just yeah, like, yeah. you know, oh, they're getting nitpicky, man. We're, yeah. So don't do it. I don't recommend, I never recommend that, especially new investors stay away from these, you know, hit your singles, be happy with your little wins on those, those properties that that is best way to mitigate risk is buy properties that are very highly easily dispositionable, whether it be a rental or a cash buyer, or a, you know, first time home buyer, whatever it is, like go where the buyer pool is. And those are the houses you should be buying. 100%. Cool. All right. Let's talk about a couple other things here before we wrap up here. So novations, do you do any of these yet? Are you a fan? Are you not a fan? I don't. I mean, I'm a fan of anything creative right now. I think like you said, in the pivot process, you know, still subject to, we just did a subject to deal. We, have, we haven't done much creative finance because we've always been the cash hammer people. You know, we pay cash, Same. cash, cash, Same. cash, cash. And that's, that's a lazy approach. So I think it's a great time to get into creative finance, but no, I've, I've not done any novation stuff. Yeah, I've done a couple, just a few, um, you know, but I don't do much virtual. So for me, it's just like, I'd rather just yeah. list it or buy it. And I'm an agent now and I have a team and, you know, we have a brokerage, yeah. we have a team of agents. So I'm, I'm really just more pushing towards like, hey, let's list it. Um, let's buy it. Um, we've done a few novations where the people didn't want to list it, but but they knew that was the only way. And it was like in our own markets. Mm -hmm. We're like, all right, we're going to list it for you. You know, we'll handle everything. But like, I know a lot of these nationwide guys right now are doing um, um, are doing a lot of these and it can be very lucrative. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a harder approach. So what are you yeah. focusing on most? Obviously, adding rentals to the portfolio, using the Burr method. You mentioned wholetailing. I'm sure you guys do some wholesaling yep. too. Uh, what kind of, what, yep. what's the wholetail typically look like? What's your uh, typical wholetail? Uh, typical wholetail. Um, you know, we're, we're working on one today that we just paid. We're, we're cleaning out today and pictures tonight, listing tomorrow, bought it for 164 and, uh, listing it at 200. No, no um, work other than clean outs. You no probably work, have yeah. two grand in clean out. 400 bucks. No, $400. 400 I, I bucks. Nice. My, my junk guy yesterday. Nice. Um, four hundred dollars for the clean out. No dumpster, um, just and, hauling trailers out of there. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> but not, a, not <laughs> like a huge dumpster guy. They they get you in some trouble. Yeah. But um, you know, it will hope to sell it around two hundred. And but those, you know, some of these wholesales that we list at two hundred, it's like, oh, we got an offer at two twenty. You know, yep. so it's like 
or, you know, uh, we didn't, you know, it kind of fell a little flat and we sold it at 190. So there's still a good spread there, you know, making anywhere from 23, 24 grand to 35, 35. Are you guys doing more wholesales than wholesales? I don't do any wholesales. I buy from wholesalers, but I, you know, I the don't funny thing anything. is that we, we were doing less and less wholesales because there's more profit in closing on the deal, cleaning yeah. it out. Now you obviously add a layer of risk. And if you're yeah. new, you have to line up financing and you, that's going to require you to have some experience in some cases, not necessarily, but some yeah, as well money, as a relationship yeah. with the lender. Right. Yep. Uh, but that's funny that I ask that and bring that up because we're not really doing, we do a couple, we do one or two wholesales a month still by all means, Yeah. you know, but the wholesale is such a better approach because um, you have more control. And you can get a better price typically when you're actually buying it and closing on it, yep. you know, and then getting it, taking it to the retail market where the retail buyers are at is going to typically get you a higher, you know, it might not be quicker, but it's going to be a higher number, which is going to offset the time anyway. So, man, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. All right, let's switch gears yeah. just for a second. I got, I got a couple more minutes here, just about two more All minutes. Right. What's up with the burr? Um, my typical burr, it seems like we're doing obviously very similar, but also a little different, right? So, you got lenders that are lending 85. I've never had a loan that high. Not, not anymore. Just... That they they bumped me down to 80. You're at 80. Okay. I'm usually yeah, 75 I, to 80. So we're a lot of the people, on that. A lot of people at 80 are now 75. And now like it's 75. Every, you know, yep. Okay. Everybody's so you're down. Yep. sometimes getting them to lend prior to rehab. I'll get occasionally, but usually they want to see it done, right? Um, some of the banks require four to six months seasoning. Most of mine at this point, because again, relationship and experience, they'll waive the seasoning. Right. Um, but again, it can vary. My average burst 25 grand of rehab. What's yours? Uh, on the rehab side, probably closer to 15, just because we're selective about what work we want to do. Um, and part of that's just because of lack of faith in tenants to keep care of property. So it's like, I don't know, almost seems like a slap in the face when you make a house really nice. You spend all this labor of love to get it nice. And then a tenant comes in and 12 months later, you're back in rehabbing the house again because you've have a crappy tenant. So um, we try to keep the the rehabs to a minimal on on the burrs. So you're less that on it. That's interesting. I need to yeah. start doing some yeah. more stuff like that. So you're about 15. Yeah. I'm about 25. Um, do you sell anything turnkey after a year or two? Or you just hold, 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 hold? Um, we've only sold like out of all the rentals that we've acquired. I think we've sold two over the years. And a lot of it was just because like, ah, this one wasn't that great. And the tenant moved out. It's still in pretty good shape. And it was the last two years. So it was like, the market's great. Um, so we still made money, but you know, there's, there's a lot of incentive not to sell when you re when you refinance at 85% loan to value, there's that's not true. much equity there anyway. Yeah, so it kind true. of, uh, it's kind of like burning the ships when you refinance. Cause it's like, well, I just took, I just had my profit event with this, you know, when you pull money back out at the refi, that Tax was my profit, profit event. event. So, yeah, so now it's figured out. So one thing I have done, uh, this year is I'm really focusing on property management. I've realized, you know, we talk about bottom line. Um, I've just realized how much crap is slipping through the cracks. Uh, we have had a third-party property manager for most of the properties, and um, they don't. Nobody cares about your properties like you do. So that's another area where it's like, I'm, I'm glad now, you mentioned that. I'm that's something we talked their, about on our call the other day. I'm up in their business. I'm in weekly meetings. I want to know where my vacancy is at. I want to know how much. Why has it I been have. vacant for two Why? weeks, guys? What is going on? Why is two this weeks? property still oh, on the that's list? The, that's the, that's yeah. the least in my Are you showing theater. it? Do I need to go show it? Like, Clint, yeah, I am so, 100% in agreement on that. You know, just like we're talking about innovate, pivot, business. you know, look yep. at the expenses. And oftentimes, 
it's not necessarily, at least in my business, not necessarily what we're spending. It's what we're not collecting. Yes. And that is an expense in a way, right? It's your vacancy expense, right? That you factor into your equation. But yeah, we've been really, really, so a couple of things that we've done recently, Clint, number one, we have been really right in the property managers. Like, why is this still vacant? Do you need help? What can we do? And it just kind of lights a fire and it helps. Um, additionally, we are charging one and a half to two times the rent as the deposit, because as you know, this is one of the things we just talked about with inflation, ceiling fans are no longer 45 bucks. They're a hundred dollars. Blinds are 25 bucks. So I don't know about you, but I can't turn a property anymore. Like let's say it's a three no. bedroom, two bath, you know, 1200 square foot house or 1500 square foot house, whatever. Normal little three bed, two bath cookie cutter home. I used to be able to go turn one of those for 1500 bucks. So the deposit would yeah. cover most of it. Now yeah. it's $2,500 to turn that house. Oh, best. We've yeah. increased the deposit. Now, do we always get them to pay double? No. Can we get them to pay one and a half? Yeah, typically. Maybe. If not, yeah. we'll just get what we can get. But yep. we are definitely, you know, kind of going in and setting the precedent with these individuals saying, mm -hmm. hey, you know, we're happy to be the least with you. You know, it's 1500 bucks a month, but we need a $3,000 deposit. And it kind of weeds people out as well. Yeah you know, and gets rid of some of the people that probably can't afford the 1500 bucks a month. So, yeah. you know, pros and cons, but no, I'm with you there. Yeah, Cover it is great. I mean, dive in their business and, um, you know, start tracking, like, you know, they send statements every month and I don't know about you. It's like, I've never read. spent, yeah, I've never spent a lot of time diving the statements, but now the, we have weekly meetings and a monthly cadence where same, it's like, same. we're going to track each month. And like, I don't even know what, I have no measure of what good is. So like, cause you haven't been total, looking, but you're starting to total. Learn. Yeah. Total yeah. gross rents. I think for this one particular property manager is about 110 grand a month. And they have months where they've like, they'll deposit anywhere from 60 to 90. And I'm like, okay. Are any, it's like 90 feels a lot better than 60. 90 feels 90, so much better than 60. Like, but what is, 90 what is still happening the right, here? Is yeah. 90 still good? Should I be getting a hundred? Right. Like, I, I don't even know. So you have to start to measure, like it has to be some sort of baseline of like, okay, we don't even know if this is good, but we're at least going to start tracking it. So that I've taken my eye off that ball for the last four years. I didn't want to, yeah, like, oh, property management. I hate it. Um, but now it's like, I, I have to be involved. I need to be. So, yeah, man, I'm with you 100%. Dude, Clint, thank you for coming on here. And Thanks doing this episode, me. it's just fun to get together, especially with people that I love to talk to and communicate and network with. We're in the same field. You guys, you passed me up, man. You might have been ahead of me already, but Mike and I, my partner, we got 130 units. You guys are at 200. You guys are crushing it. Uh, real quick, before we wrap up, tell me about this motel. I'm so curious. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, you know, we bought a, it's a 20 unit motel that we've, we've already started. We've done most of the demo. So we're ready for build back now. Um, 20 it's units? Just no, yeah. Yeah. And okay. actually we're, it's going to end up at about 15 units because of some Converting of the rooms, some of them. tiny, tiny, tiny rooms. Yeah. yeah like yep. it was an old building, but um, it's just North of Memorial stadium, really close to UNL campus. So okay. real like kind of in a, it's in a dingy area, um, but we paid 480 for it. So about what is that? You know, it's a pretty cheap purchase price for um, a motel on a pretty big lot. It's actually three separate buildings. Um, and I'm, I think it, I can be all in for about 500 grand um, for in renovation. So all in for a million bucks. I have no idea what the value is going to be, but what I really love is the perform the performa that I built out from an Airbnb booking.com VRBO. Um, I think low end conservative estimate, it will net 80 grand a year. 
So you're not um, doing long term here. You're going to do mid and short terms. Yeah, it'll be Airbnb. Oh, yeah, I love like it. And I got some friends yeah, here boutique, in St. Louis that are doing boutique like motel. That. Yeah, boutique motel slash Airbnb. Um, but dude, the, it's risky because you know maybe it won't meet my performer. But even it, I think it might break even as like it around thirty or forty percent um, occupancy. You should consider so like, solar. I was like, if I, I if I can keep it thirty or forty. You should consider oh, for, solar for utilities. Yeah, yeah because you're you paying see, yeah. all the utilities, like even on ours. So we have a 67 unit motel and we're taking it down to 40 because we're making most of them, you know, two, not yeah. all, some studios, some one ones, some two ones, some two twos okay. even. We have a big mix on ours, but we're paying all of the electric because it's all it's single metered. It's not individually. So one yeah. water bill, one electric bill. There's no gas there. Um, there is propane for the, for the boilers, but not for the tenants per se in each unit. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, solar was a huge expense, 236 grand, uh, but it's going to take the electric bill from six or 7,000 a month down to like 1500. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just, it's payback, right? I mean, how long does it take to pay yourself back and is it a, a good investment and do you have a financing? Can you finance that? Obviously you probably didn't quit all cash down so on solar. We did. Yeah. We, we financed it with a bank loan from the rehab funds. Okay. Uh, but then we're going to refinance it. So where we didn't lease the panels, we'll, we own them. We'll own them. They're actually yeah. not up yet. They should be delivered this week or next. Oh, nice. Um, the whole process takes a long time, but um, anytime you're doing, or I'm doing multi, I should say, where I don't have individually, I have a 24 unit with individual meters. I wouldn't even think to do that there. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Tenants yeah. are paying the bills anyway, but if I'm yeah. paying all the bills, man, how do I offset that? You know, obviously raise the rents to cover it, but you can even take another step. We're going to do that too, right? Because it's all inclusive. Like you get, mm -hmm. you know, electric and water and internet and cable included in, in these particular units. Uh, but I want to offset that bill too. So just something to yeah. consider. But I like that. That's cool. How'd you find that motel? I found mine uh, from um, a property manager. Oh, a, a wholesaler posted it on the uh, the Lincoln, Nebraska, their, their RIA page. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was only two of us that came out to the, like the showing, you know, the mm -hmm. open house and um roaches just, huh oh dude it's a bed bugs meth. roaches all yeah. of it meth yeah Horrible. yeah yeah same I mean, that's how ours was too if you look at the reviews it's like it's actually pretty funny reading when you Were look people at people like, living in that thing long term when you bought it uh they had a couple of long termers but but luckily they kicked everybody out at the end of december so we started you guys with bought it a vacant then we bought a vacant we just started ripping out the beds and all the nasty stuff and so we're kind of through that demo phase and where the scary part right now is we're working on financing, you know, getting some more permanent financing in place for the the renovation um, and for, you know, over the next six to eight months. And, you know, we're running into some roadblocks, but just trying to stay hyper-focused because property sitting don't, you know, there that's painful when you got property just sitting with no Absolutely. progress. Not Ours good. was a little unique, man. We had 12 people living in it when we bought it. 67 units. Okay. So it's much a little bit more yeah. a little bit larger, but we had 12 people living in it. One guy had been there seven years, another guy had been there for five years, two or three people had been there for two or three years. Um, and you know, the the motel was like they did daily, they did weekly, and they did yeah. monthly, just month-to-month -month type leases. At one point in time, like years and years ago, they rented the freaking place hourly. I mean, it was bad. Roaches, bed <laughs> bugs, yep. you know, you name it, disgusting. Everything had to come out. But I'll tell you, though, I'm really enjoying the motel project because it's like essentially doing 40 single family homes under one roof or, you know, three yeah. roofs in if, our case. Yeah. So, so what is your what was your purchase price on 67? We bought ours for nine nine hundred and eighty thousand. 
a million dollar budget for rehab, but 230 grand was panels. So about 750 yeah. in, in rehab. Um, so it's double the unit count as yours. It's 40 versus Jeez. 20. Uh, it's huge. It's 22,000 square feet. So it's a, it's a big yeah. place. Uh, but, you know, we're anticipating uh, bringing in about 31 to 32,000 a month gross income. Um, and with mortgage and utilities, we're going to probably be somewhere around 23, 24. So, you know, we're, should be, we should be six to 8,000 in cash flow, yeah. give or take. Yeah. You know, and that includes the, the panels. That's net. Yeah. yeah, that's net. That's it. That's all. So we'll, we'll, we'll own them. They'll be refinanced in. Um, everything is new, you know, and then the ARV appraisal, again, we'll be all in for about, call it 2.1 with interest. Mm -hmm. um, and the appraisal that we got with the, AR, the ARV appraisal, which we'll have to redo, um, yeah. was 3.1. So we have a million okay. in equity. And I'm thinking that'll be a good time, bird day. Yeah. I'm thinking by the time we get there, it's going to be 3.5. Yeah. We might even be able to bump those rents up to like 33 to 35 K annual or, or I'm sorry, monthly gross. Yeah. You know, so it's like, what do we do? Do we take a million and run or do we take 200,000 tax free and have six, 700 grand in equity that cash flows six, six to 7,000 a month or more? Yeah. Wow. It's like either way, it's a win. I'm always going to say, take something out. I mean, if you got yeah. that oh, sort yeah. of equity in there, take a little take bit. A hundred or two. Yeah. 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 So, well, Clint, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you are the man. You guys are crushing it. Tons of awesome information today about just us chatting about the interest rates and the state of the economy and the state of the market and cash flow and what we're doing with our deals, uh, landlording with the property managers and short-term and mid-term rentals. We covered tons of stuff, man. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for Appreciate having me. You. Always if, a pleasure. If anybody has that's listening to this and they want to connect with you, Maybe they have a house they want to sell you. Maybe they want to hire you to coach them. Clint, where do they go? What's the CTA on the episode? Uh, I don't know. I can give you my cell phone number. I don't know if that's weird. How about we do um, an email uh, or a website? Let's do that. About, I don't want uh, people blowing Instagram. you up either. Yeah, how about Instagram? Or Insta. Uh, there you go. The Clint Bartlett uh, is my my handle. So C-L-I-N-T and then Bartlett the is B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T. Yeah. So the Clint bartlett and bartlett's b-a-r-t-l-e-t-t -T. awesome Clint, yes sir thank you for your time i appreciate you let's do this again soon let me know if there's anything i can do to help you in any way now or anytime in the future i'm Likewise. here to help i appreciate Likewise. you and guys thanks for listening signing off Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.